What's up, guys? Thank you so much for listening to and supporting Picture Lock. I absolutely love film, as you know, and have given my life to studying the medium. As a filmmaker, I understand what it takes to make a film from its inception to the big screen. As a critic, I've been able to see the business of film from the marketing side of things. And as a film festival director, I've been able to see the distribution side, but more importantly, the enormous amount of talented filmmakers out there creating and crafting stories from their heart. And that's why I've started Picture Lock PR. If you're a filmmaker or producer looking to engage audiences and create relevance around your latest or upcoming project, head over to PictureLockPR.com. We can help you with your film's publicity from pre to post-production. Get more information and see the clients we've helped in the past at PictureLockPR.com. PictureLock PR. Finally, a partner as passionate as you. It's Picture Lock on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. Welcome to another episode of the world-famous, award-winning show. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson, filmmaker, film festival director, film critic, film publicist, and lover of film and TV. You can find movie reviews, all the back episodes, and so much more at PictureLockShow.com. Filmmakers, be sure to get your films in to the DC Black Film Festival. We're now in the late deadline, and that's about to close up pretty soon here as of next week. So you just may have the movie that we need to exhibit. Visit dcbff.org for more information. Speaking of DC Black Film Festival, today I'm talking with Stefan Bristol, the director, co-writer of See You Yesterday. The film made the rounds as a short film and has now been turned into a feature that will play at the Tribeca Film Festival next week to sold-out crowds and debut May 17th on Netflix. I have stalked the progress of this film with great pride as the film played during the first DC Black Film Festival and I've watched Stefan grind it out. So, while you can't get tickets for Tribeca, let's support him May 17th for sure. It's been a minute since I've done a trailer reaction, but with Gemini Man dropping this week, I figured this would be a good time to do it. Plus, I have your answers to last week's question of the week. And that's all ahead on Picture Lock. Picture Lock is the name of the show. It's all about the movies, in case you didn't know. Kevin's gonna take a look at all you if the films will be successes or failures the purpose of the segment is to help you decide whether to go watch them or just stay inside it's up to you you don't have to go you can spend the time with Kevin on the radio tell me something why is it so hard for you to kill this man? He knew every move of mine before I made it. I'd have him right there to take the shot. I wanna be forever young. And he'd be gone like a ghost. Do you really wanna live forever? Who is he? Do you really want to live forever? 
All right, guys, so I have not done a trailer reaction in quite some time, but I figured this would be a good episode to be able to do it since my conversation with Stefan takes up the majority of the episode. Uh, you know, it's really cool to see Will Smith in his career. I guess you could kind of say in his later years, a lot of leading men, they kind of have this time where, you know, when they were younger, they just couldn't be stopped. They were everywhere. And then eventually there comes a time where things kind of slow, taper off, they do something else, but then they reinvent themselves uh, in their later years. And I think Will Smith has definitely done that. It's really been so cool to see how he has used social media and uh, just his his career and influence uh, to regain that kind of following you know he's just leading things on YouTube on Instagram and we're able to follow and connect with him in a way that he wasn't able to connect with people in the past and so uh, as I record this um, just yesterday Gemini Man trailer dropped and while it doesn't necessarily look like anything we haven't seen before right in regard to a younger version of this person fighting an older version of the person. I do think it definitely looks intriguing uh, and they have definitely nailed this younger Will Smith. <laughs> the funny part is that they gave him the high top fade. So this definitely seems almost like, you know, bad boys era Will, except he doesn't have as much muscle as I think he had in bad boys. However, they, they definitely have nailed this. It looks like, you know, the old Fresh Prince Will slash Bad Boys uh, going up against himself uh, today. So uh, just checking it out and, and my initial reaction is I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. We got to see where this goes, um, how, it, how it all comes together. I'd love to see another trailer. But so far, you can definitely count me in on this. Uh, it's directed by Ang Lee, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Life of Pi. So uh, you know it's in good hands in regard to its direction. It's produced by Jerry Bruckheimer, which, uh, you know, Will and Jerry Bruck seem to really make some really good <laughs> films together. So I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I'd love to know what you guys are thinking. Uh, what's your thoughts on Gemini Man? Uh, you going to go see it or not? Let me know on social media. Uh, hey, everybody. This is Janet Pearson, director of South by Southwest Film, and you are listening to Picture Lock. <laughs> When we get this up and running, we gonna be out of here. Stanford, Morehouse, Spelman. Hey, bring me along. Hey, whoa. This is something Einstein spent his entire life trying to do. We proved that time travel into the past is possible. If we just give it some time. It's scary, but you inspired me. You going places, CJ, and since Pops is gone, I gotta make sure that you get there. I don't need you always playing Big Brother. I'm the only Big Brother you've got. NYPD don't move! Walker, a 19-year-old black teen, was allegedly shot and killed by an NYPD officer. Walker was armed with nothing but a cell phone. I am so sorry about all of this. If I could go back and fix it, I would. If we just go back, get them out of there, then he's safe. We really have so many times to get this right. Everything's gonna need to be perfect. What's today's date? June 28th. <laughs> Sebastian, this has to work. Oh, 
They're too late. It's about controlling something we obviously have no control over. My brother didn't deserve this. Just miss him, y'all. How many times have you jumped back, CJ? We're not superheroes. Where is the justice? We can't do this anymore. We only have two jumps left. Where is the justice for our sons and our daughters? When will it end for the whole nation? You gotta listen to us. You're going to get killed. You're listening to Picture Lock. I'm Kevin Sampson, and my next guest is no stranger to the show. In fact, I urge you to go back to Picture Lock Radio episode 49 when I first talked to this gentleman about his short film, See You Yesterday, as it was going to be playing at the first DC Black Film Festival. Two years later, he's back on Picture Lock to talk about his feature film, See You Yesterday. It's the director, co-writer of said film, Stefan Bristol. Stefan, welcome back to Picture Lock, brother. How you doing, bro? <laughs> I'm doing, man. I'm doing well, man. Congratulations are definitely in order. Again, folks, if you listen to episode 49, you'll hear when Stefan fell in love with film, how he hooked up with Spike Lee, and some of the inspiration for the short. So today we're going to focus on the feature, which premieres at Tribeca Film Festival this week and debuts on Netflix next month. I've been able to see the film, and wow, Stefan... Uh, Dude, I, I just got to say, remember these days as your final days of being an indie filmmaker, you know, <laughs> you may still have the indie filmmaker mindset, but I think this is definitely taking you to the next level. No, oh, thank you, man. I still feel like an indie filmmaker. You just never know what's going to happen, even though I might, you know, it's, this film is might be back from the studio, but we, it was still very low budget. Um, it is very, it's still very scrappy. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not like we had a ton of money, you know, back back on us like that. To be quite honest with you, it's, it's still, I mean, it's a lot of money than other filmmakers, uh, independent filmmakers have. Trust me on that. And it feels like it's, you know, is a you know like a blockbuster film, hopefully, uh, to people. But it we we still had a, lim, lim, a lot of limitations. I mean, embrace those limitations. I came in, you know, knowing that, um, expecting that it's going to be limitations, and I was prepared for those limitations because. I didn't want it to be like a special effects heavy film. It's more about characters and and developing and learning about this family and being in love with this family and and you know and just and just enjoy the brilliant minds of these of these young kids trying to um, change the world and trying to save you know save a family member's life. Yeah, most definitely. So, uh, folks, usually I start out with the first question of how you fell in love with film. Again, you can check episode 49. So the first question for you, Stefan, uh, for the audience listening, in your own words, what is See You Yesterday all about? Simple is it's two brilliant young black teenagers from East Black, Flatbush, Brooklyn, who are science prodigies and they build a time machine in their garage to go back in time and stop one of their brothers from being killed uh, by a police officer. You know, it's STEM research with, you know, young black kids. It's it's about, you know, Caribbean community. You know, I'm Guyanese, and Guyanese culture is repping this movie. Trinidadian culture is repping this movie. Jamaican culture is repping this movie. And um, I think it's something different. I, I, you know, I don't think anybody's seen something like this before. 
it, it definitely is represented in the film. And, you know, like, I feel as though, you know, Brooklyn is another character in the film, that we, whether it's the bodega or uh, just the subway, <laughs> the metro, you know, like, it's it's all in the film. Could you talk about why you felt it was important to make, you know, the borough and these different uh, cultures and communities a major part of the film? Easy. I'm from Brooklyn, baby. Plain and simple. <laughs> Plain and simple. Brooklyn every day, all day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I grew up, um, I'm from, from Caribbean parents. My parents, both my parents are Guyanese. My sister and my brother are born, are born in Guyana. I'm the only one that's American born. I'm a Yankee. And I just always, you know, felt that we're in American cinema, we're not represented. Um, you know, there's always a black American experience in American cinema which should be, but there's never the black immigrant experience. And I wanted to show that. When a black guy, you know, I just, my inspirations come from, from Brooklyn and especially, you know, East Flatbush, Crown Heights, East New York. I grew up in Coney Island, but when I was, you know, growing up, my mother would take me to East Flatbush to get all my school clothes, um, go to Bobby's, you know, store and this, this, um, to get, you know, fake Jordans, you know, the knockoff <laughs> of San John, the knockoff of Fubu, and all my friends would make fun of me because, you know, my parents want to be, you know, uh, save money. And it is what it is. You know, I didn't buy my first pair of Jordans since I was 25. So uh, I, I don't want to show, I don't want to show that in, in cinema, like, you know, how different, you know, uh, you know, black immigrants uh, treat the American dream than than how black Americans do. And, it, and, mm. and it's not too you know have a separation for black americans with you know um, um black immigrants it's just that you know there's there's a different story there and in in brooklyn and i feel like you know the caribbean movie caribbean uh, neighborhood is never shine uh through that you know every time you have a story about brooklyn it's always the best side mm-hmm. if not in best side now lately it's all about um the hipsters and and williamsburg and bushwick and and, and whatnot and i'm just like you know it's this brooklyn is more than that and you know there's, there's, there's a lot of us, man. There's, you know, there's more, there's, a, there's such a rich culture there in Brooklyn. And I'm part of it, and um, I want to see us repped, and I got to do that. Yeah, most definitely. And you did that. You know, one of the things that I wrote down in my notes as I was watching the film was um, just the blackness in the film. Uh, you know, you got twisting, twisting the hair, getting the hair done, you know, at night. And it's so many different <laughs> elements that I think if you're, if you're not, you know, uh, of the culture, then you may not see that on the big screen. But for the first time, like we really get to see it. And I and I got to even admit that it was kind of strange actually seeing it because you don't get to see that 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 often, you know, uh, in, in and film. And that's heartbreaking. That's yeah. heartbreaking because it's like, you know, it, 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 when I wrote the script, it made sense. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm, I'm literally writing what I know and what I, you know, what I've seen all the time. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, when when people see this film, you know, when they say, I've never seen this before, I'm like, really? I just feel like I have. Maybe not in film, but I just feel like it's just, this is something, you know, different, like, not different, this is something that's normal for, you know, any, like any black person close to. Yeah. And, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I, when I start writing, doing my research, I tend not to watch too many movies because I don't want to be influenced um, by much. I just want to make sure, it, you know, the film has a certain nuance to it. Um, not only to the culture, but also to the people and language, and 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 I'm you know I'm I'm glad you said that you know I'm glad I'm glad you feel this different. 
Yeah, Thank man. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely appreciated seeing it. As you know, like just with the DC Black Film Festival, I think it's great to be able to see ourselves in this way. And that, you know, my kids are a little too young to watch the film, but, you know, that the film will oh, be too. available uh, four and six. Yeah, yeah, that's who Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 brother, it's like when they get old enough to watch it, like they'll see it and they'll see themselves and they'll be like, ah, and especially the fact that you have, you know, these teenage prodigies that are in the STEM field, um, you know, coming up with this whole thing of time travel, you know, that's something that's really important for, for young black kids to be able to see. So let's jump kind of yeah. into just this overall concept of your film, right? Like, I love, I absolutely love uh, time travel movies. Explaining time travel within your film without heavy exposition can be very complicated, but I think you did a great job of being able, like, as you watch it, like, you're able to follow. Yeah, like, I was able to follow it, even though, like, sometimes they would talk about stuff that I'm just like, whatever. But, like, I could follow what was going on enough to not be pulled out of it, if that makes sense. But talk a little bit about that. Yo, shout out to my editor, Jennifer Lee, man. Like, she, she, you know, carved out this movie, butchered this movie, made this movie into um, into something that is very digestible regarding that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, funny enough, Frederick and I, my co-writer, Frederick Bailey, my co-writer, when we was writing this movie, we, you know, we had a lot of fights with, uh, with Netflix about the script, particularly about the time travel. Mm. And for me, I didn't give a damn if the time travel didn't make any sense because <laughs> I just want to focus on. Now, be real with you, I just want to focus, and, and I'm, I'm sure you know fans of time travel will hear this will will rip me apart, and I don't give <laughs> because the most important thing about this movie is the family and what and, and the message that I have to say. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like you know, I said okay, um, to push this story forward, let's just try to get this down to the T so we can focus on the other issues. So for like for a couple of drafts, we just focus on you know, making sure, like, you know, the explanation of time travel is down to the T, right? right. And, and most of the explanation was through through dialogue, honestly. And with film, anybody know anything about film? I suggest that the dialogue is boring. You know, but you're mm-hmm. you're going to glaze over it. You're not going to, you know, understand it. Uh, but once it get greenlit, reshot it, and during, during the shoots when the actors were just, you know, given all this information about the time travel, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't know how we're going to edit this. Once we got into the edit room, thank God for my editor, she took out, like, half the explanation of the time travel. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had, more, we had so many more rules yeah. in this movie, um, in the script, that it just couldn't make it on screen because you're just gonna be, it would just let the audience more confused. <laughs> and then we had a test screening with that, and the audience like, I don't understand what was happening. Right. And took like more than half of the explanations out, and then the artist, yeah, yeah, I get it. You know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. like less is more. When it comes to time travel, less is more, and you just have to expect um, the audience will be okay with like, oh, okay, whatever. Let me just go for a ride. And you always have those fanboys saying the wanting to know to the T, but you know, for this film, that's that's not it. That's you know, it's a sci-fi film. We all want that perfect time travel movie. Um, this ain't it, and I'm proud it's not it because there's something much more to say, and I just want the audience just to enjoy these characters and go for the ride, man. 
You're listening to Picture Lock. I'm Kevin Sampson. I'm talking with the director, co-writer of See You Yesterday, Stefan Bristol. <laughs> Stefan, man, I am mad at the fact that we don't have a lot of time for this interview because I could just go on and on and on. Uh, what the hell is going with it, brother? Yeah, what, yeah. what, what else you want to know? <laughs> well, let's get into, I, I think, the heart of the film. Right, which is about police brutality. And yeah. um, there are a few different quotes within the film that I just loved. Um, sure. You know, you, your two characters, uh, Claudette C.J. Walker and uh, Sebastian Thomas, um, mm. there's a point in the film where they, t- they tell each other, I love you, black man. And then, he, and then uh, mm. you know, he responds, I love you too, black woman. Uh, oh, yeah. And then also uh, for... Uh, uh, Calvin Walker, who who's uh, CJ's uh, brother, one of the things that he says is none of us do in regard to um, deserving the treatment at the hands of yeah. police that we receive. So th- those two yeah. things, I just wanted to, you know, pick your brain on why you felt it was important to have those lines. But then yeah. it, none of us do was one of those moments when like I was sitting watching and I was like, that was not the movie. That wasn't like you know, the, the, the character talking, but he was talking to a bigger universal truth. So if you could just talk about yeah. that. Dude, I mean, he, I mean, he just said it right there. Not, no, like, Eric did not deserve to be choked like that. Um, um, Walter Scott did not deserve to be shot in the back like that. The uh, Police officers, in my, in my novice and humble opinion, you know, we, they need to be better training uh, of how they handle... Uh, people, especially dark-skinned people, when they're you know they need to make an arrest, you know there's there's ways to be much more professional about it. Yes, if someone is resisting arrest or struggling, it doesn't mean you you know get to throw punches. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you get to um, what's what the word I'm looking for. It doesn't mean you get to uh, be Ex- appalling um, extreme force their humanity. Extreme mm-hmm. force is is unnecessary. You have you have the training. Or you need better training to figure it out, and and it it, it just it's oh is this it, it it bothers me because like when I'm watching when I'm reading a lot of in the media and comments from people and hearing hearing um, news networks is that you're always trying to find a way to feel that you know those who are killed by the police or been mistreated by police officers they're the ones who deserve it, and mm. clearly they don't. And mm-hmm. then we just saw the video of this young 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 man. Um, this young boy, he, he's, his face is slammed to the ground. Right, after, after getting pepper sprayed. Right. Yeah, Right, yeah. the pepper spray is one thing, you know, but the way it's like, it, 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 felt, it, it felt very personal, and it, and it felt like, you know, they, they really wanted to, to, to destroy this young man, embarrass him like that. And I just felt like you're really destroying somebody's integrity um, when you're doing that, and that's, that's, not, that's not great. That's not good, and I... And that's the reason why I, I put that in there. You know what I'm saying? And the that, the line between I love you, black man, I love you, black woman, uh, I, I just want to, you know, just remind my, my, you know, my black people, I love black people. Mm-hmm. I love them to death, man. I love them to death. And I just want I just want us to continue to love each other. That's what it is. Just continue to love each other. Continue to be there for each other. Um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, folks that don't, um, they don't understand their own blackness and how important that is to to reflect on. So I, that's why I put it in there. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's is extremely important. And you know, I, 
I, of, of course, folks, we're, we're going to stay away from any type of spoiler. Um, but one of the things that I felt like uh, you were able to achieve with the film is uh, wrestling with uh, the issues of police brutality, wrestling with the unfairness of life at times. Um, yet at the same time, I think you allow the audience to kind of come to their own conclusion, much like that it, it, it is for us in living life, right? Like, Nobody's going to give you the answer. I, I thought that was just it's, just, it's just a well done film, folks. And, and Stefan, if you could, um, I just want to make sure that folks know it will be playing at the Tribeca Film Festival. If you can tell the, the, the times and oh, then also when it's going to be uh, debuting on, on Netflix. Tribeca, May 3rd, May 4th, May 5th, but all sold out. <laughs> when the house is rocking, don't bother not. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All sold out, and it's gonna be on Netflix May seventeenth. Man, that's that's crazy, man. You definitely have been hanging with Spike. I mean, <laughs> 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 oh man, that sounds exactly like him, Stefan. Uh, you know, we're we're about to wrap out here. Last time you were on the show, you said that on the martini shot of the short, you screamed, you jumped around. Uh, I'm just wondering if you could quickly, kind of briefly describe the joy of taking your short film and creating this feature, and then also, did you scream on the martini shot on this one? Uh, I say not this time, no. <laughs> but I was in a state of euphoria. I was in a state of euphoria. I was just like, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, I give everyone an applause. I gave uh, Eden and Dante their, um, their gifts. And Ed and Dr. Smith and Dr. Cricklow are, are again the lead lead characters, lead actors in this movie from the short. We brought them back. Uh, I thank them for the hard work and service and their amazing talent. They were great to work with. And once Ava dispersed, I just walked around set while Ava was rapping, and I was just in a state of euphoria uh, because, like, it's not. It's been five years trying to make this film. Mm-hmm. Five five years. Just trying to get us off the ground. I was in. The, I was, you know, when I was at showing a short at um, uh, DC Black Film Festival, I was broke. You you understand how broke I was. Only had like a, like probably two or three hundred dollars in my bank account. Wow. And I was just trying to, you know, make ends meet. You know what I'm saying? And and I didn't at that that time. Like I, you know, uh, at that screening, I came that morning, and I was very tired, and I had no place to stay. I couldn't get a hotel. And I had to wait till two o'clock in the morning the next day, just to get back on the bus to go back home. Um, it was, it's you know it was, it was very hard you know, and I was I was broke and I was trying to hash it out. And uh, there's been times where I cried, man, trying to get the movie made, and and I was not expecting Netflix this, and I was not expecting Netflix to um, be part of this journey. And I'm I'm blessed to have it wow. because you know I have I have something to say and. I hope people receive it well, you know what I'm saying? And uh, and just keep it going. Just keep it, keep the magic going. Yeah, yeah most man. definitely, man. One, I, I appreciate your honesty and vulnerability, and I wish I had known, man. Oh, man, I wish I could have done something for... How, how would you know? I, I wouldn't. Would you know? You're right, you're right. But now that makes me think of uh, definitely starting up... And you, you should have known. Oh, boy, golly. But... It, uh, it's a great story. I, I, I don't want to ruin this part of the interview with, with, with that. <laughs> However, 
one more time, man. Um, it was May 17th, Netflix. Uh, unfortunately, if you haven't gotten your ticket for Tribeca, you ain't getting in. <laughs> Sold out! <laughs> but it's definitely a, a great film. I think I think once folks see it, um, people are going to be talking about it. Once again, congratulations, director, co-writer of See You Yesterday, Stefan Bristol. Very proud of you, man. Thank you, man. Proud of you, man. Thank you. Picture lot question of the week last week. Are you planning on subscribing to Disney Plus in November? On Instagram, at DevonG44 said, Hope people do. I bought Disney stock for this reason. Fingers crossed emoji. That was it for last week. So I'm guessing it's just not on you guys' radar or it just wasn't a good question of the week. Uh, I got one for you this week, though, that I'm sure you're going to respond to. Picture lot question of the week this week. What did you think of Avengers Endgame? Please do not leave me a comment on social. Leave me a message 60 seconds or less on the film and your thoughts on it, and I'll play it during next week's show. 202-350-1351. Call 202-350-1351. I can't wait to hear your comments because I know you have things to say. But... If you have to go against the grain, you can always let me know on social media or email me at picturelockshow at gmail.com and I'll read your answer next episode. That's all for this episode. I'd like to thank my guest, Stefan Bristol, for coming back on the show. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Blueberry, wherever you catch your podcast, so you can hear the extended radio versions of the show, catch unlocked episodes, and the Picture Lock PR after show, giving you buckets of free knowledge for your film projects, PR marketing from filmmakers doing it. If you're a fan of Alexa skills, just say, Alexa, play Picture Lock podcast, and I'll come right up. Feel free to leave a five-star review of the show as well. You're supporting the filmmakers and guests I have on the show by allowing more people to be exposed to the podcast. It's quick, easy, and free, and I really appreciate it. You can find Picture Lock on most social media. All social media is at Picture Lock Show. Watch back episodes of the TV show at youtube.com slash Picture Lock Show and subscribe. I've got new movie reviews for this weekend up now, so please check that out. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, you can fill out the form on the website. All music is done by Mike S. The Producer 13. Make sure you follow him on all things social media at Mike S. The Producer, numeral one, numeral three, and hit him up for your music production needs. Thanks, bro. I'm Kevin Sampson, and until next time, I hope you stay locked on film. What if you could have a film critic, film festival director, film publicist, and fellow filmmaker guide you with your film's PR and marketing journey from pre-production to post? I'm Kevin Sampson, and my online course, PR for the Indie Filmmaker, does just that. In this course, I'm going to teach you how to set up your film to engage an audience and build a community long before you call action. I'll show you how to approach critics to make them aware of your film like publicists do, and as a director of two film festivals, I won't just teach you hacks and secrets to reduce entry fees, but how you can use the festival circuit to create buzz around your film. I'm a huge supporter of diverse storytelling and film, and I believe the most unique voices come from indie filmmakers. That's who I've supported over the years with my show, Picture Lock, whether on TV or on radio. With as much experience as I've had as an independent filmmaker myself, critic, publicist, and festival director, 
I realized that most indie filmmakers just need access to the knowledge that big firms provide to achieve success. So in this course, I'm going to demystify some of the process and give you everything I know in a behind the scenes look at the sides of the business you don't always see. So if you're an indie filmmaker that's looking to change the game with your films, PR and marketing, make sure you check out PR for the Indie Filmmaker. Head on over to prfortheindiefilmmaker.com and get a free preview of the course, PR for the Indie Filmmaker. Get your film seen, build community, and become an army of one.